welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 3-17, Saturday, August 1st, 2020. We are your weekend basic advocacy podcast. And this Saturday, we've got just an intimate little group, I believe. We've got Ariel, Faye, Dee, and Sherry. So how is everyone doing? I'm doing pretty good myself here. I'm going to be going back to L.A. Uh, to, tonight for just a week. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what are you doing in L.A.? You going to hang out with Ariel? Uh, well, I met him last time I was up there. Uh, mm. No, actually, so I'm going up there to um, stay with this guy who um, is going to help me learn how to do, uh, a, a, it's like a magnet uh, motor combination for like free electricity, essentially. Um, mm. And I, I want to build something so that I can actually have free electricity while I'm camping in a tent. <laughs> That's great. That's a great thing to learn, you know. I think that kind of dovetails into, uh, you know, well, poverty, which is one of our three pillars here. Poverty, basic income, and electoral politics. Um, poverty is abated in part by learning to take care of yourself. I mean, that's you have to sort of learn alternative ways to take care of yourself because you can't afford to do it the normal way a lot of the time. So it's always good to have tricks like that in your back pocket. Um, but anyway, you know, I'm kind of a host facilitator. And I, I rely on the rest of you to create the content. So um, what would you like to talk about today? Uh, Sherry, I think in our, our DMs you mentioned you had some some content you wanted to talk about. Maybe you could uh, open the discussion this Saturday. Well, uh, what I was discussing in the DMs, and uh, uh, by the way, I think I found the option button to reduce uh, background noise. So I should sound clearer now. But um Anyways, um, what I was discussing in the DM log is uh, this legal battle I'm dealing with in Denver, Colorado. Um, I was lured here from Wisconsin in January of 2014, you know, under false pretenses of day labor and soup kitchens and all these resources. And basically, four months after I arrived, the friend I made at the battered women's shelter in Wisconsin took me at knife point as his property, uh, raped me 410 times over the next 15 months, and, uh, you know, forced me to conceive my son so that he would have dependents to get housing and all that welfare. Harry, hello? You cut off. Well, until your mic comes back on or whatever's happening, wow. Like, I I feel like I've heard some of these stories, but, like, ah, so... So painful. I'm, I'm glad you're here today. But, you know, but my son and I are building a future in spite of, you know, this predator and this judge and the legal system in Colorado. You know, it doesn't matter in Colorado that they take the term no fault divorce entirely too seriously. You know, being forcibly married, uh, you know, made to obey at knife point for five years. You know, and then trying to explain this to a judge. It doesn't matter to them. You know, you had a child with this guy. That means you are responsible for giving this guy his parenting rights. And what happens with that is, like, in an extreme situation like the one we're getting out of, you know, I don't have the right to keep my son away from this guy. I don't have the right to keep either of us safe. We have to come for visitation at his back and call. Like I might receive a phone call at 10 o'clock on Sunday night saying, oh, yeah, he wants to visit. You better get in here. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, we're it's 
enforcement of the fugitive slavery law in our situation and in so many in Colorado, because it's so well known that with the, you know, how seriously they take no fault of the board, you could literally get away with anything here. And uh, I've been documenting the legal struggle like on, on my YouTube and uh, uh, Patreon pages. Uh, the last court hearing I actually got on Twitter live at Kirchhoff underscore Terry. And, uh, you know, this predator and this judge are perjuring themselves, barring my witnesses, barring my evidence, barring my testimony. We- I'm sure you could have there again. Um, but I'm glad that we could, um, you know, that we could have that recorded and streamed at least. Um, I'm sure, sure, you'll get back. Hello. Okay. We can't hear you still. No. How am I mute? Uh, shoot. Let, let me go back into, huh. I might have to take out the, the noise suppression. Okay, are you able to hear me better? Yeah, I keep hearing these blip loops that I don't know if I'm connected or not. Uh, I don't, I don't, hear you you're fine. Yeah, you sound just fine. Okay. I'm not sure it was the noise suppression, but you just keep going. But uh, anyways, um, so, so what's going on is this uh, this judge and this predator are perjuring themselves, barring my witnesses, my testimony, my evidence, just snowballing this case so that the judge can make whatever decision she wants. She tried to give me the predator's tax fraud debt from years before I even met him. She refused to do anything about the predator shutting off my son's Medicaid when visitation got shut down by the agency we were assigned to. What what is the name of your judge? What's the name of your judge? Uh, Jennifer Torrington, uh, District 2 in Denver, Colorado. All right. She was appointed by emergency in 2015 or 2016 by uh, Governor John Hickenlooper, who's running for Senate. A couple of district court judges were retiring, and he went into a panic, went to the family court a couple blocks away from the district court, and went up to a couple judges, you, you, come with me, you're district court judges now. And Torrington was one of them. Now, with my case, with the extensiveness of just the violations that, that she's committing, that she's allowing the predator to commit, you know, I've been documenting and recording every court confrontation since December because there's just no justice here. And without my documentation and verification, my case is just he said, she said. You know, I need my evidence of all this wrongdoing in order to have a leg to stand on in this custody case. And because of my documentation efforts, uh, there's actually a federal investigation going on against Thomas Fetzer, the predator, and Jennifer Torrington, the judge, for the interstate human... We heard interstate human traff, um, presuming trafficking. You got to pick up there, please, when you come back. Uh, I keep hearing the beeping. Is it a bad? Uh, is your phone dying? Yeah, I don't think I've had anything to do with noise suppression. You sound good. You sounded um, better with noise suppression, I think. But um, you might just be experiencing a, a bandwidth issue or a power issue or something. Yeah. Well, um, uh, is Sherry. Uh, well, I'm sure Sherry will get back eventually. I, I want to bring up something about what I heard uh, her talk about, though. Like. I mean, the amount of corrupt 
politicians and judges and everything else that we've seen. It definitely, I'm glad that you told me there is an investigation upon this because like that's so many red flags. Like what you were experiencing is a very, uh, well, you're going after some big people too. It's not even just small. So it's like, there's almost got to be a protection for you against even trying to help investigate this. And it seems like they're trying to make your life a living hell. It's like you're being a whistleblower and they're not having it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because I'm fighting Torrington, she has barred me from alimony and she has reduced my child support to $50 a month because she doesn't believe that the predator should have to pay for visitation and pay for child support. However, it's Colorado state law even that you can get your visitation rights taken by being in arrears on your child support, which he has been since day one. So, honey, mommy's having a grown-up discussion. Can you play with your friends? You got a popsicle. That's awesome, buddy. Sweet. Well, you kiddos enjoy your popsicle. But, you know, but yeah, with what's going on, if I didn't have my documentation, I wouldn't have this case. I would just be in a better luck next time situation and be forced to obey this judge. Whereas you're cutting out again. Uh, I, I proved. I, I see a green circle. Does that mean I'm on? But anyways, so yeah. I. When you see a green circle, we can hear you. Okie doke. Because uh, so yeah, when uh, when I was in court in December, I also the criminal enterprise that Thomas Stetzer was pulling. You know, he used me and my disabled status to get a medical marijuana permit. So, and, you know, where you could just go to Denver, you know, anywhere in Denver, there's recreational dispensaries. There's more dispos than there are Starbucks in Denver. So Thomas Stetzer had me get him weed to sell. I wasn't allowed to consume my own medication during the five years of Stetzer slavery hell. I was allowed to smoke roach weed from Thomas Stetzer's joints. He would save his roaches for me. And that, that's what life was, everything about life. He took our TANF. He wouldn't allow me to pursue my disability case. He trafficked me for five years. And so because I was able to make money for master, that proved to the Disability Bureau that I am not in fact disabled because I can be made useful to capitalism. I can work in a cotton field. Oh, isn't that fucking insidious? Isn't that the most American thing in the world? That's, that's what this country should be known for. That, that's exactly it. You know, the United States of America has had since the very, very beginning this tradition of being able to classify somebody as subhuman. This is, I've been property the first 32 years of my life. Escape finally happened in January of 2019 because there's a couple domestic violence advocacy groups here in Denver. And ever since freedom, this judge and this abuser, Thomas Setzer and Jennifer Torrington, have done everything beyond their legal power to enforce the laws of rape and slavery. I now have to fear every Saturday morning this woman from some state agency 
coming to my apartment door in my locked security government building. You need a security fob to get in? She'll be able to get in, come to my apartment, pound down the door, and demand that I relinquish my son for the next four hours. And hopefully see my son again after that four hours and after a handful of these visits, these forced hostage transfer visits, he will be allowed to have an unsupervised visit with my son. Now, this was after he expressed in court his intention to go to my son's preschool. He just turned five during the outbreak, by the way. So this man, Thomas Stetzer, is going to go to my son's preschool to abduct him, and that's the point in December in the court hearing that's on my Patreon page, where Torrington smiles, dusts her hands off, walks out of the courtroom saying, I'm sorry, Ms. Stetzer, I can't change my ruling. My hands are tied here. Uh, it's only a voice recording, so you can't see the smiling and the dusting of the hands. But you can hear it in her voice. She cannot possibly be happier to enforce Jim Crow. And this is what she does on every single case she's been assigned. Being the Denver District 2 judge, she's assigned to every civil case for everyone in my immediate vicinity in the city of Denver. Anyone in my neighborhood going to court for something that's not criminal has to meet up with Jennifer Torrington. And she's been doing this to every case because judges here don't hear appeals. The Colorado Bar Association is almost impossible to contact. They only communicate through faxes and snail mail. They don't answer phones. It's, it's a horrible system. The only way I can fight this case and just not be forced to submit to the laws of rape and slavery is to continue my documentation efforts and publicize it. If I can make it known that this is going on, then Jennifer Torrington can't hide like a cockroach in the corner of the hole in the wall and continue laying eggs and making baby cockroaches. She's exposed to the light and, you know, dealt with. You know, you're a cockroach, you're out of here. You can't pretend that you're a nice little spider catching villainous bugs because you're not, you're a cockroach. And you know, my documentation, these, vi these video and audio files, like uh, uh, February 11th, I was summoned to court for the custody thing because Thomas Stetzer had quote unquote, a handwritten- You cut out, yeah, you cut off after handwritten. A handwritten note? Yeah, uh, oh, a, a handwritten note allegedly depicting that I sent him a death threat over the talking parents chat law that for estranged parents it's a government affiliated program where you can text the other parent and it's all logged like if I make a typo I can't go back and edit it let alone if I send a death threat it's out there forever so, you know, he's the one issuing the death threats throughout the entire five years of Stetzer slavery hell. So he came in with a, with a quote-unquote handwritten copy of a death threat that I supposedly issued him over talking parents. And because of that, are we, Aaron? And because of that, and because of that just blatant act of perjury, just making stuff up, I was summoned into court. 
I have it on I have it on my YouTube channel on Sherry Kirchhoff where I'm in this courtroom and explaining to the judge that I'm the only one of the two of us who had any contact at all with the visitation place that Thomas Dexter selected from his list. And Thomas goes on with the Marco Rubio just rant from like trying to get rid of Obama during that debate. He went into a, Thomas Dexter went into a similar rant about how he hasn't done his intake or his paperwork or called him or anything because he knew I wouldn't do it and he didn't want to waste his time. This, there, this therefore proved that I was the only one of the two of us who took any action whatsoever toward visitation. And Torrington made the comment, if you had been this transparent in December, Mr. Stetzer, I would not have called this hearing, which in layman's terms means if you hadn't lied your ass off and I greedily, happily listened to every word, then we would not be here because you have no case, sir. And so every month from December, you know, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, he has filed a motion demanding visitation every single month. And every single month he has no evidence because the file of his motion is mailed to me. So he doesn't, so he doesn't surrender any evidence whatsoever. He just makes wild claims. And the judge, Torrington, gives him an entire month in which to submit evidence before she denies his motion. And then as soon as she denies his motion, he files an identical motion. Still, while still providing zero evidence to support his motion that I'm in contempt of court or doing anything wrong. And so we were summoned, you know, to court over the phone in June and I have the June recording up on my YouTube channel, and then we were summoned back to court on July 20th last this past Monday, or yeah, the Monday before this past Monday, and over the phone again. So I got it on my Twitter live. You know, on, on in the July hearing, I even had a witness who was able to appear to court with me, and she was barred from testifying. Court got called off. So, you know, this is what Torrington is doing. You know, she's saying I have no evidence of anything, yet she's refusing any evidence I do submit. I outlined his criminal, you know, he's buying stolen candy, he's buying food stamps, he's just, you know, you name it, he's into it. He's brought no fewer than nine slaves into court in the year and a half since Operation Freedom. And I say nine because I've seen nine. I've heard of more, but hearsay, as we all know, is not evidence. Torrington has seen more slaves than nine, and so have the court's recording cameras. But of course, I don't have access to that. So I have been making my own recording since December. And to witness just the horrible acts that these judges pull off, you know, Torrington is, I, I, can't, I can't even summarize all the crap she's pulling in this case. And then trying to appeal her, I was sent to, uh, they call it duty court. There's judges who are assigned emergency cases that don't fit into a schedule, but they have to be seen that day. And uh, the judge in room 414, uh, after trashing an African-American lawyer for having the audacity to plug his uh, tablet into a power outlet so that his clients can appear for their case over Zoom meetings, 
he plugged in his laptop because the battery was toast. So this judge just reamed him out, just destroyed him for having the audacity to plug in this tablet. And then he reamed me out and destroyed me for having the audacity to waste his time with an appeal because I don't like what another judge had to say to me. So I didn't have any right to an appeal. He, the only reason he even called my case was to dehumanize me. And that recording is also on my Patreon page. I, I think it's entitled Further Enforcement of Rape and Slavery in Colorado, where the Torrington recording from December 12th, the divorce hearing, is a restored... A restored uh, cut off there. I was, I was just trying to send the link to my Patreon recording of Torrington, and the link was not there, so I had to restore the post. So I want to chime in just a little bit. You've, you've got a lot to, for anybody to process. Um, have you taken this to any local news channels or um, other lawyers? or uh, Like, it sounds like you're trying to get on Patreon, um, but it sounds like, I mean, this is something, trying to get on this podcast, but it's not quite the same as TV. Right. See, the thing is that the local news doesn't want to hear about it because they're afraid of backlash for one, and they say that it's not a newsworthy event for another because it's just me. It's not just me. It's everyone Jennifer Torrington looks at. If you Google Jennifer Torrington, Denver District 2 judge, you'll find her welcome to the bench letter for, like, city propaganda. And you will also find every chat forum or every website she's ever been reported to for pulling her crap. So, like, this is a dangerous human being who's been given charge of lives of families in Denver. But the Denver News does not care. And, uh, like I said, you know, it's only because of my documentation that I've even been able to speak with agents from the IRS and Homeland Security. You know, because I have this evidence. I can prove that this is going on and this is the depth to what's going on. But, you know, local media wants to talk to me about as much as they want to talk to Andrew Yang. And I'm not even running for president. <laughs> it is disturbingly, like, crazy how muffled we are as individuals trying to just point out all these, like, sinful, like, capital, or, like, not capital, sin, like, these positions that are so powerful that have been so corrupted to the point that, like, the whole, like, humanity first thing has to come out the window, you know? And I don't know. It's just crazy. Um, Cor corrupt positions have just become, like, a cesspool with everyone just, like, swimming in the muck and the garbage and the shit, but it's, it's like, it, it, it's like, we're, we're here to say, like, you gotta clean up all this filth, but, like, all these people in power are having an orgy in all of it, and then we're here to say stop. Exactly. You know, I can't even discuss any of this with the police, and I don't say police department, I say the police apostrophe leash because they leash the Pope like yay! when I try to bring any of this up to the Denver police all they want to know is why I made the bad decision to get involved with this guy 
And like I, I said, and I wasn't sure if it got into the call or not, but I met Thomas Stetzer at a battered women's shelter in Wisconsin. He was a volunteer there doing his victim shopping because how else are you going to find willing victims? You make yourself seem nicey-nicey, and these people who need a friend just latch on and, you know, need a friend. So, you know, my existence in Wisconsin, like, I was forced into unpaid labor there, and when reporting to the government what was going on, the, the owner took the judge golfing, and I was found guilty of unemployment fraud. Like, my tax returns are garnished by the state of Wisconsin because I was forced into unpaid labor and did not deserve disability, uh, I mean, unemployment benefits while I was forcibly unpaid and forcibly made to work fixing computers for Douglas Condon in Houstonsburg, Wisconsin. You know, he took Judge James H. Moe of Wisconsin Unemployment golfing as a bribe. This was prearranged before the trial and discussed during the trial. I mean, that's just what the United States is. And in my documentation efforts, like, I was found by a member of the American Descendants of Slavery. And I'm 99% sure that my son and I are members of that group now. I was also found by the NAACP, and I've been invited to their town hall policy meetings, too. So I'm in two policy councils. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, meeting Zach Thacker and being introduced to all you wonderful folks. Even though I can't keep up with half of what you're doing, I feel like my senile Irish grandma trying to keep up with you nice kids. But, uh, but you know, it, it, you never know who you're going to find when you finally take up the mantle and fight. You know, I had last year uh, the, the United Nations of Canada sent me a tweet. Hey, we saw these tweets. Uh, do you want to send an email and let's chat about this? So if I need to, by emergency, I'm pretty sure the uh, United Nations Refugee Board of Canada will be willing and able to come get us if I absolutely you might wanna, need that. You might want to utilize that. I, I'm seriously considering it. I've been trying this whole time to build my businesses because, you know, I don't want to be a refugee needing help. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet for the first time in my life, and pun intended, because you know, amputee. But, um, you know, I'm trying to build my jewelry and my graphic arts. I've got my Etsy and my Zazzle up on Hippie Eclectic Hope, uh, where I've got my jewelry and my graphic arts. And I finally snuck under the, the what do you call it, the algorithm uh, Gestapo for releasing products. I'm able to create Yang merch without being stopped by the screeners. So I'm able to raise money for humanity forward. I've got, I'm gaining more, but you know, I just need time to build. But I, I've got a ton of Yang merch up on my up on my store, speakers and keychains. Uh, no, not not speakers, uh, charging ports, uh, Christmas tree ornaments, Yang Danas, and I'm building. I'm going to be able to build more and more as time allows. So That's just, wonderful. You know, staying productive, you know. Well, couldn't, couldn't you do that in Canada, too? I mean, I don't think that would be a problem, right? You could be a refugee and still have an Etsy. No? Hello? Did we lose Sherry? Mother's Day. You're glitching out, Sherry. Shoot, right? It's like Mother's Day 2019. I was introduced to Yang Gang by the same amazing, wonderful friend, little Aaron, who uh, duct taped my old foot back together up in Camaro Rick's garage. 
her, me, and a couple rolls of duct tape, and we had to put my foot together because I didn't have Obamacare. <laughs> you know, that's a good friend. And, you know, before she told me about Yang Gang, my only hope was going to Canada. I mean, you know, it, my, yeah, it sounds like it still might be the better choice. Like, I mean, you would get the health care you need up there. You'd be away from this predator who haunts you, this terrible, corrupt judge who is working with this predator, it seems. So, I mean, you have you have, if you really have an out, gosh, Sherry, you really should use it. You got I mean, I don't think it's going to get better here too soon. Uh, I know, and that's the thing with Trumpism. Everything just keeps getting worse. I, I'm, I'm wondering when the secret police... And it's not going to get better with Biden either, is the thing. Yeah, it's getting worse with Trump. Right. It's getting worse with Biden in a different way, you know. So I really would go to Canada if I were you, man. You should try. I mean, if you really have had that option, get it while it's before it's gone, because these things don't always last. Exactly, exactly. You know, I've been trying to build up for the Entrepreneur Startup Grant. But I, I frankly, I don't think I'm going to have the time, especially with my child support getting cut from 357 a month to 50 bucks. So what's Five stopping zero. you from just going to Canada and like using that option? Uh, tr- trying to get a vehicle that runs. My, my car broke down in March, right before the outbreak really Can't shut you do that everything all in down. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I got to get the money. To get a ride oh, okay. up there. I see. You don't have enough. You actually don't have a physical way to get there. Well, no. I, mean, I, I you know, I, I, I have half a minivan. Uh, the, the Yang stimulus got me my minivan last month, and a I, week like, or two after I got it, the, the tweaking blood who own the government housing I currently live in hit and run my van. So the bumpers okay. hanging on by half melted off duct you know, tape. Jacqueline Holman is one of our regular. Uh, speaker, she's a sex trafficking survivor as well, and maybe she has some resources that can help you. It does not cost that much money to get to the Canadian border from Denver. You know, this should be doable. We should be able to get you there. Right, my, my van gets gas mileage like nobody's business. It's got a 15-gallon tank, but son of a gun, it only takes 30 bucks to fill her. I, I haven't had a $30 tank since Nana's Nova in 1996. <laughs> And it goes forever, 30, 300 miles on that tank of gas. It gets just as good as my old Sunfire almost, my little bitty Pontiac tin can that the old master stole and donated to Denver County so I wouldn't be able to go and get anything on my own. But, but I, I do have a GoFundMe, and on on the June hearing that I recorded and posted on YouTube, Thomas Stetzer admitted that he found my GoFundMe. He says that I sent him the link over talking carrots, which would be the most dumb sauce idea I could have ever cooked up, is to tell the old master, oh yeah, I got a GoFundMe, hook me up. <laughs> but So he's stalking me online, and that's okay, in direct violation of his restraining order, but I do have a GoFundMe. I need to update it, so I ain't been on it in about a year. But, you know, in the meantime, I, I go into my Etsy and my Zazzle shop are probably about the best ways to, you know, to help out. But, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get something running on my own. Like, I, I, I even got to replace some of my jewelry because I brought some of my jewelry to church and I wasn't able to, like, I locked my van when I got home. But, uh, you know, I wasn't able to get down in time to get the jewelry bag. So my jewelry and my knitting are gone. 
I got supplies, you know, I could rebuild, but son of a gun, you Do know, every you time like something good comes around, oh, the tweaker mess at it. The mess addicted blood gang members yeah. who own my government complex. I know, I, I have, the Homeless Coalition has finally authorized me to move, and I've been approved for a new apartment in a much nicer area. Uh, the apartment comes open on August 27th. So in three and a half weeks, I'll be out of here. And I've got my friend who's helping me with my son, and then I'm helping her with her kids. Uh, she's uh, got this resource that helps Section 8 families move in the, anywhere in the state of Colorado. I don't think they'd move her to Montana, and they darn sure won't move me to Canada. But they'll move me across town to this new apartment. So if we just raised, like, plane ticket money, would you get on a plane and go to Canada with your kid? I'm just hoping that we, we make it long enough to actually get there. Because, you know, the management in this building have allowed these tweakers to attack my son and me four times in the three years we've been stuck in that ghetto crap hole. You know, it's okay to attempt to kill us. It's okay to steal from us. It's okay to do whatever you want because with that but th that's just how it is out here. No, disabled lives do not matter in Denver fully. The cops and the judges and everyone else are just happy to hear any time a disabled woman or a disabled man or anyone has been taken advantage of. It's a joyous occasion. No, nobody does anything. They're happy to hear it. They express that happiness openly. So, um, it sounds like uh, it's a good thing that you're going to get out of that neighborhood. Uh, also, it sounds like there's a lot of sketchy behavior happening uh, within all branches of government over there. Uh, but, you know, as I'm listening to all of this, I'm thinking, how would $2,000 a month help all of these people, including you? Like, I mean, for me, hearing this, I'm like, man, you would really know how to spend that $2,000 a month. Like, you know, uh, it sounds like you could have a lot, even more freedom to choose somewhere that's a lot safer. Um, but I, I mean, like my, my biggest concern though, is how do we, you know, how does one dethrone a judge? How does one, you know, uh, like the police, you know, how do we police the police? You know, like th this is my concern is that we have these giant entities that the whole system seems like it's run by a mob, right? Uh, exactly. And, um, Go ahead. I, I just have to have to Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, but it also sounds like, you know, this judge is involved in sex trafficking. And the only way I have ever, on any platform I've looked at, the only way I've seen whistleblowers successfully do something is by pairing up with big, uh, you know, media, you know, such as uh, Netflix or the news channel. But even if your news channel isn't going to take up the story because they're too scared, it's like we don't have any whistleblowers, right? We, we don't have any protection for whistleblowers. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's exactly what you are. You're trying to do this and everyone's trying to shit on you so that you don't actually succeed, right? Like, uh, but this is happening nationwide with a lot of people, you know, uh, I met a guy here in San Diego who's trying to whistleblow on some politicians, uh, with, um, 
embezzlement and you know they're coming after him pretty hard and he's well known in this area you know and uh he's like no i'm i'm willing to risk it all to get these people unseated you know and it's like that that's what it's coming to though literally people are having to risk everything and or run away in fear and uh, like if we keep running that's not going to solve any freaking problems i'm not saying you should you should definitely find a place where you are safe like please run we have other people to take up the charge, you know, uh, but it's just like we need the investigation to happen. But then we need to have trustworthy people investigating and doing something. Right. But I mean, if we don't trust our lawyers to even put these people behind bars uh, and or like enforce a more ethical thing, it's, it's, it's like. Who do we turn to? It's it's yeah. it's like who's investigating the in in investigators? Yeah, who's investigating the investigators? I like how right. you invented a variant of like the extant idiom I was employing. That's brilliant, Ariel. I love it. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's just like like because so many people who have so many biases and so many of of this. It's like we like Yang kind of like basically like yang like pulled went under the like pulled up the rock and he saw like a gigantic pile of shit under there and it's like wow like we never took the time to like understand just how these these corrupt like it disgusting systems are all in bed with each other are all like you know per performing fellatio on each other and it's like, you know, and, and now we understand and now we, we want to do something, you know, and that's that's a wonderful thing in and of itself. Just that level of awareness, because neoliberalism makes us so busy with our own affairs and our own lives. We're like this hamster on a wheel. But then when we you know, took the time to jump off that hamster wheel and just look around, we saw like, hang on a second. Who's forcing us to run so fast on this wheel that's getting us nowhere? Oh, it's these corrupt sacks of crap. Look at that. Exactly. And I've gotten so much inspiration from following and being part of Black Twitter. It, you know, it, I follow Chris Evans, Tad and Lawyer. You're gone you again. Need, oh, nuts. Yeah, you, you, if, if you're following Chris Evans, Padded Lawyer, Stance Grounded, those are my favorite three, you'll see these crazy Karen confrontations where these folks, these brave human beings are going out with their phone cameras. Like, what? You ain't got a mask? What? you? Who'd you call a what? It, it, they're recording all this injustice. And that's the only way with that documentation that injustice can end. If it weren't for me and my YouTube cam, I wouldn't have a lake to stand on against Torrington, and there wouldn't be a federal investigation on it. What's going to get Jennifer Torrington dethroned? Because, yeah, she's royalty up on that Like, you, you know, like, and Torrington? The, the, only, the, the, the only thing that's going to get her dethroned is when Homeland Security and the IRS have formally charged her because they're investigating her and they're looking to charge her as an equal accessory to the interstate human trafficking, the 410 rates, the five years of ownership, and everything else that Thomas Guster did to me, and everything else that she's allowed and enforced in the other cases that she's blowing up. You know, once they're investigating... Yeah.
discussing her case with me, they'll be able to dig up her cases with everybody else. And you'll be amazed to find that everything in the last five years is going to get overturned. But that's Torrington sounds like she she would have been like a concubine to like a warlord or like a criminal or some shit like that. Just like straight, just like one of their lackeys. Like I referred to her. I refer to her as Jim Crow's favorite little butt slut, and I'm debating the necessity of her, you know, essential labor. But I can't, like, say that in court, per se. But, I mean, you know, she's just so proud and happy to be doing that duty. And, you know, the way she sashays out of that courtroom with her butt sticking out. That's what put that thought into my head was, are you just happy to be wrong? And, but, you know, needing to document this stuff. But I've got a plan to make this widespread, which I've been discussing with my ADOS meetings the, 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 um, in the diversity inclusion meetings on Thursday nights I go to. Um, I've been bringing forth my Discrimination Determined Bureau. You know, there's agencies where you can go and get a, a pen cam for 50 bucks and have a little pen sticking out of your pocket and when some crazy Karen comes confronting, you can hit the little record button and have a live stream go to Discrimination Determined Bureau Headquarters where we've got our computers and we can file our data logs so you don't have to worry about an abuser or a Karen finding your recording device and smashing it. Your evidence is stored and it's safe. And then we can use that evidence to squash the he said, she said and squash the, oh, she's just an angry black woman. So, like, all of this is just kind of a little mind-boggling to me because, like, the the fact that... You know, we'd be able to prove that this injustice is taking place. So, you know, that's how to end it is to prove it, to bring it out yeah. into the light. Yeah. But, like, there's no force to, like, you know, uh, uh, there was one time I had this manager, right? And she was talking very loudly about a um, customer that was shopping. And she's like, oh, we just got another run-of-the-day crack whore right here, right? Like, very loudly offending a, a customer. Whether it was true or not, she was my manager, right? So I go to my lead worker, who is just only one above me and definitely below my manager. And I was like, uh, I just heard this, and I don't think it's cool. I don't know what to do. And even my lead worker didn't know what to do because it's the manager, right? And, you know, and, and it's stuff like this that's just like, how as an individual do we have the power to um you know do all this i'm glad that you got homeland security and irs like behind this though it's only the documentation that makes the fight possible you need to gather the evidence because otherwise any perjury that they want to bring forth if the judge if the cop if the whomever just wants to hear that perjury it's like these anti-maskers they'll believe any dumb thing about, oh, I have asthma, so I can't wear a mask. <laughs> They'll believe this because they want to. They won't do the research and be like, wait a minute, here's this lady with COPD who's a nurse and she's been wearing a mask for 30 years, 12 hours a day. She's not, you know, the, the anti-masker isn't going to go find that story. They're going to hear, oh, I have asthma, so I have a stupid plagiarized. Did you all see that those badly cropped, badly spelled doctor excuse notes for not wearing a mask oh, oh no uh oh shoot my display changed um um that's right faye just uh faye, faye Koo just arrived hello faye 
Uh, please continue, Sherry. Hi. Oh, here we go. Okay. So, you know, so anyways, you know, if you have somebody who just has this bias, they're not going to hear facts, data, knowledge to the contrary. All they're going to hear is what feeds their bias. So when Thomas Stetzer comes to court in December saying that he has a handwritten note of a death threat that I would have stupidly sent him over the talking parents verifiable uneditable chat log, she calls court. She doesn't demand, hey, show me your talking parents app. She's like, oh, yeah, let's just bring her into court. We'll nail her. And so, you know, that's all she hears. When she hears that my car broke down because it was the car that Thomas Stetzer picked for me with a blown engine because it would keep me dependent on him and it backfired, but that car finally broke down after more than a year, all she's going to hear is that I got myself into a terrible situation. And that's what she said in court in June on my YouTube channel, you know, that I got myself into a situation. I haven't had time to film my follow-up, but I've itemized the financial damage that Thomas Stetzer and Jennifer Torrington have done to myself and my son, and it's north of $150,000. That's not the mess I got myself into. That's the mess that human trafficking and this Jim Crow whole judge got me into. The undoing of the damage, which will be part of the restitution in the case on the IRS and Homeland Security, that's going to buy me my house in Alberta. <laughs> you know, that's going to take care of this. Yeah. If we live that yeah, I was about to say, just make so, sure So, yeah, you know, as much as I aspire to build, as much as I aspire to build for the uh, entrepreneur startup threat with my jewelry and my Zazzle graphic arts, I'm not going to have enough time. The tweakers are going to kill me. Thomas Stetzer's going to kill me. Torrington's going to send the cops to kill me for resisting arrest. Who knows? You know, so, yeah, absolutely. We do need to leave, and we do need to leave as soon as possible. I'm hoping that I can make it another year in Denver and get my son into the therapy school that I found for him, where he'll have a one-on-one -on -one therapist teacher to help him overcome. You know, the first four years of his active outside life and the entire pregnancy, he was property of Thomas I'm Sector, sure Canada who claims to be a third generation. I'm sure Canada can get you in a school that is equivalent or better. I wouldn't, you know, make if you're like weighing the pros and cons, I would just presume Canada also can provide that. But yeah, sorry to cut you off there. Please continue. Right. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> You know, uh, how, how often does a Canadian school district have to deal with we're fleeing from slavery? It, it, you know, it's, it, it's happening more often. They've changed the refugee laws for Canada. Before the outbreak, I would have been barred from refugee status simply from coming from the U.S., let alone my citizenship from being born here, etc. I would have been deported and my refugee claim denied and then not being able to enter Canada under any circumstances. Now, blessed Trudeau, and I can't wait to vote for him, has changed that to where if I'm an, a United States citizen, it's okay. As long as I haven't filed for refugee status in the U.S., which I can't do because I was born here, and as long as I come into Canada from a legal spot, like I can't hit Roxham Road illegal crossing, you know, I have to go through an actual border patrol station, which 
you know, who would want to enter Canada by being so rude as to break their border patrol laws anyway? You know, I don't want to enter Canada by being rude. I want to enter Canada by being righteous. You know, I want that border patrol guy to be like, hey, welcome home, you and your son. You know, I, I hope I get that on my YouTube channel. Hey, sir, let me get my camera ready. Can you say that again so I can show the grandkids in 50 years, you know? But, oh, it's just, yeah, I, 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 I need to get us up north, for, for sure. And I need to do it as soon as possible, but I, I've got a minivan with the bumper half hanging off. You know, now that video's on, I can show you. Yeah. It still drives. It drives, but, you know, and, and I need my motor mount done, like my rear motor mount every time I pull off a stop sign I get the kakunk and it feels like it's trying to climb up a hill like I get that bouncy sensation so so okay, you no couldn't traffic. pursue your but, case if you moved to Canada but, now you couldn't go to Canada now as an emergency survival measure and then return for your court dates Sherry that wouldn't work out I don't know if she heard me at all I think she's cutting out and trying to talk at the same time. like a week or two after I got my van the tweaker blood did I think she's gone again. Well, welcome, Faye. Oh. Uh, Faye Koo. Well, anyway. Uh, Hello. Angelo popped on. And Angelo as well. Hello. How's it going? She's trying to come back. There she is. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so like, you know, my Yang Stimulus bought me that van. It was 1300 bucks. I, I didn't get my son's 500 because Thomas Setzer claimed him as a dependent illegally. He's supposed to do it next year. Well, this coming year, he was not supposed to claim him this year. And Torrington's cool with that because the early bird gets the worm. So that's tax fraud, which he already knows he committed in Wisconsin. So he's a repeat offender. So that's just helping the IRS. Thanks, asshole. And, you know, so I got this van. It's the cheapest and nicest vehicle I've ever owned. And two weeks, within two weeks of me getting it, it, the bumper got taken off by the tweaker blood hood rat who's been attacking me and my son. But, like, if, if you see my knee here, I just recently had to regrow the skin on it. Because as I'm trying to call the police about my van, she attacked me and my son, my five-year-old son. So the only reason we're still alive is because I have a can of mace in my purse. She got it. She got the whole thing. I emptied it and chucked it at her. That's the only reason we're alive is because pepper spray. So, yeah, you know, if, if Thomas Dutcher won't Do you kill have us, the tweakers will. So, yeah, we need to get out of in? this ghetto. Absolutely. But every You're breaking up again. We can't hear you. Oh, man. Should we just use Zoom no. permanently? Uh, I'm family. I don't know. My biological family is my dad's second wife, who didn't deserve a defective kid, and shot my dad because she didn't deserve to be married to an alcoholic. And my baby brother, who's the product of an affair that his mother had in 1995. That's my blood family. They don't, if they know I have a son, it's because they're finding me online. I don't talk to them. Yeah. Well, um, it's, yeah, wow. You got quite the situation to try and get out of, um, you know. Uh, but it, it sounds like your vehicle runs, just not 
great. Uh, you know, how how much money do you need to uh, pay to get it uh, operable in a way that you feel safe enough to drive it if you're still here? Because I, I, I think actionable items are probably safer for anybody to uh, start down. Sounds like, I don't know, someone's coming after you, though. Okay. Seems like we're having uh, some difficulty getting her sound, huh? Yeah, she keeps breaking up. I think she's got bad bandwidth. So, um, how about how about we hear about other people's uh, input from this? I would like to hear that while she's gone. And why she can't just go to Canada and then pursue her court case remotely. She can come back for the court date, right? What's the issue there? Yeah, probably just fear of money. I mean, fear keeps a lot of people from doing a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Well, Canada's talking about a basic income. So if yeah. Canada gets their basic income, Sherry should definitely... Sherry, I see a green circle. Are you back? No, you're not back. It's just a green circle. <laughs> I mean... The Shell, how did you meet Sherry? Uh, well, someone else introduced her, I think, to our show. She was on a different podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who introduced Sherry to the show. I thought it was ye- I thought it was you, Faye Doni. Uh, nope, what me? <laughs> Sherry, who introduced you to our show? Um, 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 Zach Sacker. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, he, he he was uh, gracious enough to host me on the Liberal Conservative podcast, and then he sent me a message a few weeks ago, like, "Hey, I'm part of this Yang Gang Roundtable. Want in? Yang, what? Yang." Great. Good on Zach. Good. Oh, man. Okay. I keep so, freezing. Yeah, where I were we? I keep freezing and getting booted. It's all right. We're all doing our best here. Uh, this is authentic poverty, everyone. It just barely works. So. <laughs> right? Um, uh, does anyone know where <laughs> Sherry... Where, where were we when Sherry uh, got booted? Um, I, I was saying how Zach Sacker introduced me to the group after... Uh, uh, being a guest on the Liberal Conservative podcast, talking about the petitions I'm starting with. I, I haven't gotten the Discrimination Determined Bureau posted yet. I've just been discussing it with my ADOS friends. But uh, I'm almost ready to, like, post it with numbers and data and all that good college stuff stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely first world COVID problems. My Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi! <laughs> Ask your question that you, you had. What question? Shale had a question of why Sherry doesn't go uh, temporarily to Canada and then uh, come back for the Can court you case. Pursue your case from Canada, Sherry. Couldn't you just go to Canada now for your safety and couldn't you pursue your court case from Canada, come back for well, the court date? Well, the, the major barrier, even if I had fifty thousand dollars in the bank, the major barrier is that the the court has filed. Torrington has filed that I need Thomas Stetzer's permission in order to leave the state. The original divorce decree in December stated that I needed his permission to leave Denver Metro. Now I've been relieved insofar as I can be in the state of Colorado. As soon as I leave and hit the Wyoming border, I could be arrested, detained, my son taken, and given to his loving daddy. And especially trying to get to Canada, I need 
road papers because we're slaves. I need permission to to be there. I can't just go on vacation unless Master Stetzer says so. And the other person involved in this case is the is is that your child's um, is that your child's father? Yes, yeah, the former owner. We were Thomas Stetzer's property from Mother's Day of 2014 until January of 2019. He forced me through four or ten rapes to conceive my son, so that he would have a cripple and a kid as his dependents, and therefore be entitled to welfare. Like all those horror stories we hear about welfare queens, Thomas Stetzer is a bona fide welfare queen. So Meanwhile, I'm starting I have to understand. I'm starting to understand why uh, Zach introduced you to us because there's one other person here who's missing from our podcast at the moment, and um, but she's a regular speaker with us. Who she was trafficked as a child, and. Um, Faye, you've have you already shared your experience with her a little bit? I haven't talked about any of my experiences. No. I mean, okay. I mean, what and for me, is? I can share mine, which is that um, on I I tried to flee the United States with my child. I went to Mexico, and um, Mexico is not my natural country. My other natural country is uh, Taiwan, where I was born, and my one of my sons was born there. And there was no way for me to get to Taiwan, as you can imagine, while you've been thinking about how to get back to your to your safe place. So um, I would love to be able to go to Ireland. Oh, boy. Uh, but I hear Ireland's messed up, too, lately, especially with how they but, treat women. But it's, it's been a little like while that, that guy who's too. doing this. It's so evil because, like, people are just looked at as means to an end and not human beings. It's like, I want like extra money somehow. I'm going to cripple someone and I'm going to force someone into the world just to get a few extra bucks to do what I want. I mean, that that is just such grotesque human behavior. It's the epitome of scum. I mean, yeah. And, and, and how, how, how the system doesn't go against this, but actually propagates this, that's really vomiting. <laughs> But well, in the, the United, the United States, States of America, they, they, three people talked at once. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out something because this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing was a thirty-year-long um, process of, of uh, trafficking um, underage children sexually. Uh, 30 years, okay, that means we'll infiltrate all our systems of government to, that that is possible. That, there's no other, so the fact that our framework is almost designed to help this process is one of the biggest red flags, but it's not even just that. It's like way bigger than that because it spans the whole world. He didn't just hit America, right? And now we have him dead and all these people with trauma and a whole system that keeps people enslaved are free right so like really some people fucked up our friends and family pain that they do not have their normal freedom we're done with it right we as the american people should be 
be able a ginormous amount of people to agree but i mean it almost seems like a duh you know but it's it, it's so ingrained in victim blame you know like somehow there are people who would probably still side with your ex you know and that's even crazier but that's the power of a narcissist or a psychopath right and they can uh groom anybody to whatever they want because they've been able to you know they've learned those little subtle tricks to do it and it's just a dangerous thing that has run rampant for far too long and it's like you know the reason why i'm like people need to know about the different movements going on so we feel empowered for the fucking first time in our lives right we we, we need a voice and i think and i think we're getting close guys to getting the right amount of networks connected in order to make this happen i mean i don't think i'm the only one connecting networks here but i think it is and growing and let's remember to like show no mercy to the people who got us into this mess in the first place because they've obviously had no mercy on us basically they've 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 put us up shit creek without a paddle and once we once i get a paddle i'm gonna bash it on the back of their head that's just me. well violence doesn't necessarily okay. <laughs> it's like, no like exactly. rhetorically speaking not like violently but i'm just saying like it's it's like a metaphor uh, i'm not saying to actually be violent but it's it's know, like yeah. give it's, give them no quarter yeah. i mean g- yeah give them no quarter in terms of getting them out um i'm not really an ideological fan of punitive justice i don't think it works you know, i don't think it's ethical Fan of punitive but, uh, justice. I don't yeah, think give them a quarter in, 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 in getting them out of their positions of power. So but, uh, harm. Yep. Yeah, give them a quarter in, in, in getting them out of their positions of power. So yeah, more harm. Yeah, it's, you know, Thomas Stetzer has been attacking d- disabled women since 1979. I was born in 1986 for a perspective comparison. You know, and Thomas Stetzer is a third-generation outlaw motorcycle gang member who claims that his grandfather, Vincent Stetzer, helped found the outlaws alongside Mr. Harley and Davidson. So, where Harley and Davidson, if this is any way factual, went into the business aspect and started selling motorcycles, the Stetzer line went directly into leading the outlaw motorcycle gang. So where have you seen the property of and product of documentaries on like A&E or Gangland TV or whatever, that's what our lives were. And that system is, it's not fought, it's enforced by the government because as the Social Security Bureau has stated to me, this predator managed to make me useful to capitalism. Which means that because I'm not working at 7-Eleven now, I am voluntarily unemployed with the intention of collecting government income. I'm legally considered to be a welfare queen because I'm too disabled to work a full-time job and take care of my son, who was forced by rape because a predator who's been attacking disabled women for 41 years... This, you know, what's really the, is, bottom feeder, just straight up bottom I mean, feeder. It's it's like it's like, like the pre- this, what's really of cripples. Of predators. It's it's it's, it's like it's like, like predators the predators. predators. People to get away from it's, predators. It's like a ring of predators that put their clutches. Help people to get away from it's predators. So right. Using external speakers uh, because we're getting it's an external. 
Right. Uh, I'm uh, using external speakers uh, because we're getting an external echo. We are having absolutely spectacular technical difficulties today. This is probably the second or third worst technical difficulties we've ever had, guys. I just so everyone's aware, this is not normal. And if you're having trouble following the conversation, that is why. Yeah, I turned uh, off my yeah. video. We're, just we're doing so... all we can. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see if the room? video helps, but. Uh, uh, that's probably a good idea. I've done that on Zoom calls that were laggy, and the, the video really saves on the broadband. We're already over an hour so, in. But you want to switch to Zoom today, Angela? We're, we're already over next an time. hour There's the Sherry. I think you still have external speakers on. We'll next time. There's the Sherry. I think you um, still have external speakers on. Right. Is, you, um, like we're talking about how the, the system perpetuates the process of human yeah. trafficking. And that is very true. The, the state of Colorado, a hundred years ago in 1920, was the nation's leading location for the Ku Klux Klan. You know, if you wanted to be a Klansman, Colorado was the spot. And a hundred years later, nothing's really changed. I'm right next door to a neighborhood known as Stapleton, which was named after a horribly racist mayor. You know, Denver and Colorado, the state, hold very true to the, the principles of slavery, even though our Civil War unit will tell us that Colorado was a free state. That was a reluctance to be considered a free state. Have we frozen again? Yeah, I'm not hearing yes. enough to yeah, be able I'm to not reply hearing properly. enough to be able to reply properly. Okay, well, I'll, I'll try and say it again. Um, a hundred years ago in Colorado, it was the leading spot for the Ku Klux Klan. It was the national headquarters, basically. And a hundred years later, nothing has really changed. We have a Stapleton neighborhood is a kilometer away from me. And, uh, and Stapleton was named after an incredibly racist mayor who Denver just loves to pieces. You know, Colorado is still very ingrained in the tradition of the policy of human trafficking and slavery, even though our Civil War unit will tell us that Colorado was considered a free state during the, you know, during the Civil War. It, it wasn't by choice. It was a very slim margin that Colorado was not a slave state in, in the beginning, before the Civil War. Oh, um, you know, I was thinking about this whole Ku, uh, Ku Klux Klan thing. My grandfather actually uh, has been writing his memoirs. And uh, in his memoirs, uh, he was talking about how his dad was actually part of the KKK, uh, which I found quite uh, interesting because, like, my whole family is a sweet family. Like, we... We try to do good in the world and blah, blah, blah. But it's just crazy where origins can be and where they end, you know, for uh, this kind of racism. Exactly. You know, back to the do I have support system or family question. You know, my biological mother, my dad's second wife who shot him, was her brother and his wife 
are second cousins, and they're aware of this because she bounced him on her knee at the family reunions when they were kids. And they're both, you know, closet clan members. Like, they don't openly wear the robe, but they're a part of all the the behind-the-scenes-y stuff. And they go on and on with the rhetoric. You know, when my third grade teacher taught us how to write multi-paragraph reports with an intro and a conclusion, I wrote my report on why racism is stupid and there's really no difference except for the visual aspect of skin color to even label someone with. It's their actions and who they are that should be looked at, not their skin color. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or purple. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. If you're a good person, you're a good person. It doesn't, you know, matter. That, that's why there's I mean, so much of this I mean, all lives matter thing. And this I don't see you as black thing. It's I see you as human. I see you as family. But that language that we've been taught with which to relate to each other is just so disgusting and dehumanizing. So, I mean, so, the I way mean, I the way I think of it, it is, is that, that, that um, humans are like humans different, are like different, different types of dogs. dogs. You know, you we, know, we, we, we have, we have a, little, a little uh, mixture, uh, mixture of, of, of love, 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 So I think of um, uh, humans as kind of like uh, breeds of dogs, right? We got certain types of DNA. You mix them, you get a different type of breed of dog, blah, 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 right? Um, And uh, maybe there are common behaviors within these dogs. But honestly, the behavior of the dog is going to be a little more dependent on how that dog is raised and how it's taken care of. You know, uh, that will definitely... um, change the behavior of the animal especially if it's getting a lot of love versus not any love is it being punished by you know being beat or is it uh you know being um whatever kind of treatment this animal is you know it's the external influences do matter too but like if if humans are compared to like dogs in this scenario it's just like the world's like no, I really hate pit bulls and we're just going to kill all pit bulls, you know. And you know there are like groups out there that try to get rid of pit bulls. My mom was attacked by five pit bulls, okay? So I mean, I have a little bit more bias against that, but you know what? My mom's okay and my mom uh is fine. The dogs were raised in a way that did not uh interact with the world um very well. But, you know, like I don't hate pit bulls. I think it's just a matter of the environment they were in, you know. Um, and that that's the thing with our whole world. Like, you know, we don't have, like, pit bulls are such sweet dogs if you treat them right, you know. And they're very protective. They're, they're a Velcro breed, so they want to be attached to you, like, touching you. Um, you just learn the behaviors, just like you would learn behaviors of any other human you know, right? You, you base them off that but you can even you know take a stray in and maybe it becomes um you know a little worrisome maybe uh, a few actions that aren't uh, agreeable but you know the more love you show it technically it theoretically 
should improve the quality of the animal. Does this happen all the time? No, of course not. But it's it's just like the way we treat humans is so similar. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's like I wonder why we don't have the world of the future with like flying cars and transportations and like, you know, in Star Trek, like they grew out of their materialism because they had like some material creating thing. Well, because we have all these corrupt sorry i have to say this shitheads for like leaders and and they do all these like terrible things and they don't care about humanity and they're 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 just horrible human beings and that's why we don't live in like this star trek kind of future that 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 like when we were kids it would always inspire us and amaze us is because this scum that's been rising to the top for years on end has never been confronted in the environment if we're talking about environmental factors, what makes the scum become scum, you think? Uh, upbringing, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like people with the lowest amount of empathy and care for humanity are the ones that are not going to care how they get from point A to point B. And if that means people have to suffer, die, or get hurt, go through pain when they're trying to get to their point B, they just do it. And, uh, you know, the worst people rising to power is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we we need a a fail safe for that. We cannot allow this to keep going on because all the, you know, people who have like dreams and high hopes and who actually are like the creatives, people who are the helpers, as Mr. Rogers would say, are stunted and, you know, put to the wayside because of these jackasses. And we've seen that with the media industrial complex and the Yang campaign. He, 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 he could have helped so many people d- d- do so many things and helped all of these layers uh, and institutions. But they didn't even give him the time of day because they took so much airtime. And why? Because they are afraid that if decent, good, humanity-first human beings actually do get to where they want to go, they will become obsolete, and they do not want that to happen. That's my. That's what I think. You can think what. You I'm like they, they, should they, they should be. Go ahead. We had a real terrible yeah. explosion there. Uh, how about Sherry and then Faye? Let's try it that way. Uh, uh, has something to? I'd like to ask them. Okay. Sherry, did you disappear again? Uh, I, I'm here. I was just trying to wait my turn. Sorry. Um, I, I was going to say that uh, it, it came out recently that Jared Kushner uh, was reported to say that, uh, uh, well, the, the reason, some of the reason for the delay in COVID activity with the GOP was that the early hotspots of the United States were blue states. We don't need to worry because the Dems are being attacked worse. Jared Kushner came out and said that. I think I have that tweet bookmarked. I can retweet it after we leave. But I mean, this is the extent to which those in power will go. That it doesn't matter if their opponents just straight up die of a disease and spread it to anyone. Because it's just the blue states. So, uh, Faye, go ahead. Okay, um, my question is, which specific laws um, or changes 
would you like to see happen in our country or in uh was it denver colorado specifically that um that would that would need to happen in order to protect people like you like yourself sherry uh you and your son well two of my petitions would be epic for this you know i i have the discrimination determined bureau which would you know if you're surviving or if you're a neighborhood watch volunteer who wants to help, we'll help connect you with the spy cam and, you know, streaming capabilities to where when you're seeing mistreatment, you can just hit the record button on the pen in your pocket and send your data to DDB headquarters where we can out and expose, you know, these crazy carrot confrontations. You know, by exposure, we can end it. And another huge petition that would really help this is my concept, and I came up with this before COVID, of parenting points and video visitation. Like, say, I, I was a stepmom once, and the, the girls' mom, you know, if she helped the girls with their homework, if she bought them clothes, if she got them toys, if she did cool parenting-loving stuff for the girls, she would have gotten parenting points and then graduated to tiers of visitation, like at first being able to do Zoom meetings. And then with enough more parenting points and doing good stuff, you'd graduate on to supervised visitation for a, an afternoon or an hour, and then, you know, graduate to more and more to eventually have, you know, the unsupervised weekends or every other week, but to graduate to that point through verifying your parental efforts. In my situation, the parenting points and video visitation, I have my documentation of the five years of slavery, the being trafficked here under false pretenses, everything criminal that Thomas Stetzer ever did, you know, as long as I knew him and what he told me of before. You know, his affiliation with the outlaw motorcycle gang, Every, you know, stealing air and stimulus, shutting down his Medicaid because visitation got cut off. All this stuff that he's done to us would be anti-points. It would take away from everything that Torrington's trying to give him parenting points for, like passing his drug screens and only being positive for marijuana, which is legal in Colorado. Or... You know, taking his anger management class and passing it with a D minus. You know, anything she'd give him credit for, I'd be taking that credit away by demonstrating and proving all the terrible things that he's done. And in that sense, he'll never be awarded visitation. And we can do Zoom calls and have video visitation if he'd ever not be such a crap bag. I could do video visits from Switzerland, let alone Canada, let alone Africa, let alone anywhere. So with my video visitation and parenting point system, loving parents who aren't custodial parents because, say, the mom makes more money. So the dad has to fight his butt off to even be allowed to look at his own kid. He'd be able to prove, hey, I sent birthday cards, I sent presents, I sent money, I sent this, I did this, I went to parent-teacher conferences, you, you know, all the effort that, that, you know, could be used to help a non-custodial parent or to help a surviving parent, you know, of abuse and trafficking as we were to stay safe from the predator instead of Colorado's just 
stubbornness in maintaining zero-fault divorces and 50-50 parenting. Okay, so I think that um, I agree with you in terms of some of that, but the thing I think um, is most important is to actually take um, these family situations out of courts altogether. I think that there should be, um, like, unless there was a specifically criminal behavior, like in your case, it sounds like there might be some of that, like real abuse and things like that. Um, you know, there shouldn't, they shouldn't be mixing those two things up, you know, a simple divorce or a family just not wanting to, to live, live together for various reasons uh, should not even be in a court. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I agree to a, a large extent. There, but even in a normal divorce where there's nothing criminal going on, like uh, my, my former boss at Fox Feds, uh, he, he divorced his wife because he was working 60 hours a week and she got a new boyfriend at the law firm she worked at. Since she worked at a law firm, she was able to take this poor guy to the absolute cleaners, take half his business, take just... You know, the Jerry, I think it's a Jerry Reed song. I got, she got the mine, I got the shaft. That's what happened to my boss at Fox Feds. He had to shut down his business and reopen as United Feds, you know, being ironic after a divorce, in order to even continue working, or else he would have had to file bankruptcy and start over from scratch. So a situation like that, you know, the, the kids love the dad, the kids love the mom, it should have just been 50-50 split, you know, with out-of-court mediation. Would have been so much better. Instead, this woman used her law firm connections to take this poor guy to the cleaners and basically rob him of his children. And charge him up the nines for child support when she's making 20 times more than he is. I guess my feeling about, um, about court cases is that it's an automatically um, adversarial system. You know, you've got... Immediately, you've got a situation where it's one person versus the other, and that doesn't seem like the right thing to do when a family is falling apart or there's sort of, you know, some sort of issues that need to be resolved. They shouldn't be, they should be in a situation where the outcome is good for everybody and not just um, for the best interest of the child, but for every single person involved. And I'd also like to see the United States protect real human rights in terms of, um, we've never, uh, we are not respecting, for example, the universe, uh, the um, UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. And we are, I think, the last country left in the United Nations who hasn't gone through the process of talking about how to re-gear our government towards this and how to become, um, how to ratify it in our country. The, the way, like, we treat children in this country should be criminal. Like, they have no yes. say in their lives at all. At all, because I I remember, uh, you know, when you when you grow up, you have no say in like what kind of school you want to go to, what kind of teachers you want teaching you, what kind of learning style are you going to be when your parents get a divorce. You don't get a say in who you want to see, when you want to see them, how you want to see them, what parent has been treating you. You're, you're you're completely left out of so many decisions that affect your life, and then when you turn eighteen. People just expect you to be functional. It's 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 grotesque, you know. Yeah. Right. Just sink or swim. The minute that you're supposed to be out of the house. Right. Right. <laughs> when when you've had so many traumas inflicted onto you by this entire disgusting system, they just expect you to be a okay when you leave it, no matter how bad it was. 
And one other, um, one other, well, the, the UN Con uh, Convention on the Rights of the Child is a whole set of different, um, you know, rights for children. But I also would like to see one other right written into our constitution, which is that um, the right for human beings to actually leave our country. So when there has been no criminality, right, there shouldn't be anything preventing you from leaving this country. So in, in your case, to get home to, to your safe place, uh, you know, if you haven't actually, if there's no uh, criminal behavior on your part, there should be no reason that you should be not allowed to, to go to, to leave. And I think, feel like that's a right that's missing in our country right now. You know, exactly. You know, well, I was just going to say something real quick. The, the thing is about that whole not being able to leave thing, that affects more than just the person who has it. I've dated people who uh, could not leave the country. And it really devastated me because I wanted to travel with them, right? And uh, because of um, the criminal history, all the other shame that gets that you've been to prison, okay? But like, like that, you know, the shaming and the guilting and just this, like, manipulative power play our government has children you, you you might have the kid with the narcissistic parent and the other person is, is just longing to see them it, it's this big battle of like uh just it, it, it's just not, not fair to the kids even you know or the partners or ever rant over go ahead why is the pistachio bag open? Because uh, they're delicious. Oh, <laughs> My six-year-old's asking me. <laughs> you, you, open, you open this again? Zephyr, I'm trying to do a podcast. So you're going to have to do your stuff by yourself. So, um, okay. Um, sorry about the interruption. <laughs> but, okay, so I feel like there's also, like, uh, we have universal human rights that have been, you know, declared over 70 years ago. And we don't have... But we still, to this day, don't respect them. And most people in our country, you know, if we know anything, we know about the First Amendment or the Second Amendment. And we think of our own Bill of Rights. But our Bill of Rights doesn't nearly encompass all the rights that are that have been declared as real human rights by countries all around the world. And I feel like we need to really go through this, um, you know, as a country and enshrine those into our Constitution. Because the United States has a history of saying... We don't respect any type of right that's not already in our constitution. But that makes no sense because we've signed, you know, we've ratified these um, these international conventions that should actually be even stronger than our own constitution, right? Because they they are recognized by not only our country, but all these other countries around the world. You know, exactly. You know, our history books will teach us how we've been fighting for human rights and we've been, we squashed Red Russia because of communism and all this other dumb propaganda crap. You know, meanwhile, we proudly disregard everyone's rights. Like, animals had rights before women had rights in this country. And, you know, our dogs, our cats, our pets had rights before women did. And, and uh, with with this 
like inability to take your children to travel that stems from the archaic notion that you need to be within range of the other parent. And I can well, that's understand actually, well, that's actually not, not true. The reason is, the reason if you are still married, right, there is no reason that either one of you can prevent the other person from taking the child anywhere. The only time that, you, that one of the parents can tell the other parent where do they can go is when they start a divorce proceeding. Now the state has a reason to get involved, and now the state, you know, uses the their own, uh, you know, whatever a personal right based on whoever the judge is uh, standard of what is the best, you know, best scenario for the child can now decide where all the parents have to be. And generally, of course, there's a bias for control. So if you are in Colorado already, you're staying there, right? You can't go to New York City, even if New York City has an opportunity for you that's better because they have a bias that they don't want to take you, let you leave their jurisdiction. Once you leave the jurisdiction, what are they going to decide next? You know, what, what money are they going to make uh, off of your case? So, um, so the real problem in our country, I think, is that we, we not only don't recognize real uh, human rights uh, after we've, you know, after we tell everybody else in the whole world, you know, that they have to follow these human rights, um, but we also uh, don't even know about them. It's like, it's not a class that's really taught. I don't remember, um, you know, these human rights documents being taught to us in classes. Do you? Exactly. And, you know, the state will use a divorce in order to trap you. I originally filed a restraining order, and my son and I were both protected on this restraining order. However, it was going to expire in two weeks and not be renewed unless I also filed a divorce decree, uh, the, the, the divorce motion, to show the judge that I truly wanted to be done with my <coughs> former spouse. <coughs> so here we have, uh, I'd like to draw people's attention to the UN uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which was basically what the United Nations was founded on. And we founded the United Nations. I mean, our country pushed for this. So um, Article 13 is has two clauses. The first clause is everyone has the right to freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state. And then Article uh, and then number two, everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and to return to his country. And so, I mean, if we need to put that directly into our constitution, because as long as something is not in our constitution. Nobody in our nation knows about it. Nobody in our nation cares about it. You know, and it's uh, it's uh, it's terrible. I mean, we can't behave, you know, in this rogue way all the time as a rogue nation. You know, uh, Article 14 also uh, applies to this situation. It's uh, number one, everyone has the right to seek and to enjoy in other countries asylum from persecution. And I would say that our guest today is definitely suffering from persecution along with her son. I mean, it's not just the one person that's doing this to her and the child. It's the entire legal system protecting him to do it. And so at this point, I would say that you are a freedom fighter, right? But uh, I believe that ACLU and lots of other freedom fighting, you know, style uh, organizations in our country would not touch her case because, oh, as long as it's a divorce situation, it's always, you know, just his word against hers. It's one man against one woman. 
And that's how almost all women's rights is portrayed in our country as just one man versus one woman. And that's really not how it that's not how it's going down. The reason that the man wins in these situations is because the law is protecting the abuser and the law is is um, abetting the the abusers in our country. And not not to say that always it's always the man who's the abuser, but you know, I think the case we're looking at right now is is of this style. So exactly, and that's why I'm doing my documentation because that takes away the one man versus one woman that he said she said. It turns it into I've got receipts and you've got perjury. You know, uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't have a leg to stand on in any debate because all the rights go to the able-bodied human trafficking predator. This is another reason why it shouldn't go into a family court case, because you go into the family court and there is no standard of evidence. There's no standards for anything. And then the judge is considered the fact finder. So the judge is now finding facts, which means anything that the judge puts down into black and white in in her ruling on this particular situation becomes a new fact for any future legal proceedings. And But the facts that she's finding are based on hearsay. It's based on whatever anybody has to say about it, a neighbor, uh, a teacher. The teacher might know nothing about your home life, you know, or, um, you know, you, it's just all kinds of uh, crazy <laughs> goes into that case. And this is why real, you know, the, the civil rights people really can't touch it. They want to do it, even if they wanted to help you. They'd go in there and they'd be like, well, you know, <laughs> it's just such a muddled mess. Of, you know, just not, there's no standards whatsoever for what comes into these court cases. Um, that's, that's why I feel like uh, we need to take these situations out of the family court system. And if there is going to be anything in the court system, it should be focused on whether somebody has, commit, has committed a criminal act. Exactly. And when I brought forth all of the criminal acts that Thomas Stutzer had been committing, you know, selling cigarettes and marijuana and buying stolen candy from junkies, you know, homeless shop thieves, and buying knives, and buying other stolen items, and buying food stamps cards. Children, please, I'm trying to talk. But, uh, you know, all of this stuff that I brought to the court, she smiled and congratulated Thomas Stutzer on being such a hardworking, entrepreneurial dad. That's Why? in my Patreon yeah, the, the, yeah, there's the, a reason the, for the, that, because they've muddled the criminal aspects of this case, where he's actually being abusive and doing horrible things that should be against the law, versus, you know, the fa- the regular family court, where um, it's not, it's just, it's such a fine balance. Like, in the family court, you win if the case just slightly tilts towards your favor, if it's just 51% that you seem like the slightly more responsible person. And responsible just means you have money. Right. What what else, what other responsibility is there really that the court can uh, can actually, you know, well, like, uh, quantify? It's, it's, right. It's such a perversion of justice. It's like just it's like justice has to be afforded. It's not liberty and justice for all. It's liberty and justice for those of you who have enough money to buy your liberty and justice. Liberty and justice is being sold. It's not well, like children in this country are definitely sold. Children right. are just, you know, yeah. ch- chattel. It's whose, whose property is, yeah, whose property is this child going to be? It's got to be the person who has more money because that person's going to be able to afford all the court cases and that person's going to be able to afford to pay a nanny even if the mom gets, uh, you know, uh, kicked out, you know, of the family. So, so the person with the money gets to win. 
but we can't say that out loud, you know, in the court. We have to go through all of this crazy, you know, trying to <laughs> act like we're doing something, you know, and it's just a pretense. It's not real. Exactly. You know, when I brought to the court all the criminal stuff he did and he got congratulated for it. You know, I also brought forth in June on my YouTube video of phone court how uh, children, please be quiet, please. Mommy got to talk. And so anyways, I brought forth how uh, Thomas Stetzer had been making all these false reports of abuse and my mental stability and etc. Uh, we've been investigated constantly by the police, uh, Child Protective Services, all sorts of government, you know, local Denver government. And of course the investigations have been shut down due to an absolute lack. Uh, I mean, you know, I prove my case and Aaron Honeys and the, the fake case gets dropped when I make my case and show my evidence. And the, the last report, um, I, I called out Thomas because he paid a homeless guy $20 to call Child Protective Services and make me sound crazy. So I was reported and investigated for being, uh, I'll be done in just a minute, I, I gotta go in just a little bit. But uh, I, I was investigated by Child Protective Services for being obsessed with an alleged alien abduction experience. And I discussed that a little bit on, you know, when I was a, a guest on the Liberal Conservative Report with Zach Sacker. And uh, when I called Thomas out on that, you know, you paid a homeless guy 20 bucks to make me sound crazy. He admitted to doing that because he wasn't getting the visitation he wanted. And that day, Judge Torrington made a report to Child Protective Services that I was too mentally unstable to raise my child. And yesterday, by the day before, day before, I got a call on Thursday from Child Protective Services about this investigation. I let the the agent know what's going on, the federal investigation, the Jim Crow judge, I let her know. And, uh, and by the end of the phone call, I had made a new friend, you know, <laughs> she's sending me links to hopefully legal aid who won't just go with the 50-50 custody, no-fault Colorado divorce, and just, you know, like a, like an adult on peanuts, want, 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 just won't hear anything. You know, she's trying to find me a real lawyer, and I'm sending her my documentation link, you know, through being the subject of a false report by Judge Torrington herself, I now have a new friend in the Child Protective Services Bureau. That's the extent to which this is going. Well, I'm glad that at least um, this person that was called in could see you for who you are, and, and because I think a lot of them don't bother to try. Well, exactly. thank you for, joining, thank us you for joining us, because... I, yeah, I can, I, I can hear that children, kind of, children kind of need you. How much time do you, yeah. how yeah. Much time do you yeah. think we have sure. with you now? Well, sure. I, I, I'm going to have to go in like a minute because I, I made an arrangement with a friend of mine. She was going to help me with my son, and then she had something to do right around now-ish, so I got to help with her kids. I give everybody, I give everybody your Twitter, Twitter quick story, quick and then let me think about it before, before, before you go. Sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Kirchhoff underscore Sherry. So it's K-I-R. C H O F F underscore Sherry is S H E R R Y. 
All right. Thank you. All right. So thank, you thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, hey, thank sure, you for sure. letting me go on about this because the more I open it up and discuss it, you know, if Thomas Stetzer carries out his threats to abduct my son from his preschool and murder me, as he stated in court, then somebody at least is going to know about it. And when this idiot is seen on the news holding my little boy because, oh, single dad rises up in tragedy or some kind of crap they're going to post, there's going to be a, a YouTube follower or a Twitter friend like, hey, wait a minute, I know that little boy from the Avatar uh, on, the, on her account. You know, it's, you people online are literally my life insurance policy. So, well, you before know, you have to go, let me, you have to go. Let, me, let me have you on again. Let's mute so I can mute. So I can oh, sorry. I'll mute. Sorry. That's part of the reason we got to have you on again. We've had these terrible technical difficulties. I'm sure we can get them worked out with a little bit of practice. Uh, so this is your first time using Discord, so it's okay. And uh, also Jeremy was not here, our technical producer, so I had to do, do his job. And I'm not as good at being Jeremy as Jeremy's. Thank you. Uh, for bearing with me. Anyway, uh, Sherry, I want to get you back on here. You know, you can tell more of your story. You can tell an update in a week or two very soon because you, you seem to be in dire straits. That's pretty urgent. Um, and, uh, you know, you've come on before. So, I mean, please, you're welcome to be a regular speaker and participate in the open discussion as often as you'd like. But I'd like to have you on and uh, specifically in another episode to talk about your story and yourself and your ongoing uh, struggle with poverty and uh, and uh, enslavement and uh, the capture you are sort of experiencing. It's it's just terrible, and I'm glad that we can give you a platform and we can record your words and your your story. So, uh, uh, yeah, I want to get you back on sometime. Uh, just stay. I think you're yeah. Stay in the group chat and let 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 us know if you can come back to do this next weekend or the one after. And goodbye. I'll let you go now. I just said my piece. Said my piece. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to come back next week. Uh, I have to watch uh, my friend's kiddos in the morning, but I'm pretty sure I'll be available by one mountain time, which is 3 Eastern. Could you so come back Saturday Sunday? and come Sunday, back Sunday, I should be available. Sunday. Okay, great. We'll Sunday. I don't know if I'll be available tomorrow. Okay, Tomorrow's a maybe. But, yeah, I should be available more on weekends. Okay. So that it should work out. Great. Okay. Uh, I want to make sure you're here when Jacqueline's here. Maybe she could share some resources with you. I'd also like to invite some of the other knowledgeable people who come on the show uh, to see if they can help you uh, strategize, figure out what to do about your situation. So thanks thanks again for coming on and sharing your, your story. I'm really glad we can get it out there. I'll let you get going. Take care. I appreciate having the panel discuss women's issues and all the issues for children. Thank you so much for showing up today. Well, thank you all for your love and support again. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll tell you, I would really like to meet again with Mr. Hogwash Party. Uh, his name just escaped out of the dent in the back of my head. But uh, th that Rich crack Rich he said, yes, that that crack he said about how there isn't slavery in the U.S. because we made it illegal. This right, just like, in right, like. heroin deals down to zero because in again the law. <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, I, I have a lot of things here. He's, he's, he's a nice clown guy. I don't know. He's a fun. I don't. I called him a clown on the show. Now, now that was mean. He's, you know, Jeremy would be disappointed in me. I'm sorry, Rich Ryle. You're thanks for coming on the show. But yeah, I don't. I don't agree with your your views, Rich Ryle. But anyway, what am I doing? This is the worst the way to end the show. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring it up. It's just that that's been sticking in my draw, and I want to educate my mistake. you on that. But I, I better boogie. I'm sorry. Y'all take care, and God bless, or whomever power you believe in, bless you, and take care. And I'll see you in the chat, and I'll see you hopefully next week. But yeah, I better boogie. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed meeting you. Bye. Bye. See you again soon. Bye. The point... The only point I was trying to make is we have a real issue here. You know, this is an urgent thing. We shouldn't be wasting our time on, like, ideological or academic confrontations, you know. That's all I was saying. <laughs> you know well, what I mean about um, regarding regarding bringing Rich Ryle and her again together? I'm willing to. It's just like, is that the is that the focus we should we should have? Yeah. Well, I would also love to see, um, you know, her get some support from Jacqueline. And, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think so that I think your Ryle suggestion again, of like, having maybe not yeah. on the show, like please, they can have a Zoom chat. They would love. I'm sure they can have it out. I don't know. It's like it's just not exactly. But let's have her on again to talk about her poverty and her uh her struggle with the uh tyrannous government uh, that is enslaving her. So this is terrible. And uh wow, Tyrannical. that was a harrowing episode. So <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes you cringe with what's going on. Okay with disgust sometimes it's hard to do the show <laughs> but it's good it's always good but sometimes it is not fun <laughs> you gotta laugh or you're gonna it just fucking fall apart <laughs> yeah I, I wish we could get Faye's um voice in clearer too Faye Doni um yeah. we gotta find you a place where you can get really good internet where you are so I will be in L.A. tonight, and I will have at least a week worth of decent internet uh, to do stuff. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Very good. Yeah, I'm going back over to Vince's. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, you had an offer and that you're taking it. Very good. Because I didn't, I didn't want to push anybody. But I appreciate that um, this is – I'm glad that it's working for you for a little bit. Of course, yeah. It, it's been, I gotta say, I love uh, coming to this park every day, uh, you know, to keep cool and do all my work and stuff. Um, it's actually quite liberating to be in a tent and feel safe where I am, that nobody's going to try and take my rent space away. You know, like, like I can be there and I can exist there. Um, and I'm within nature, you know, I'm, I'm, I get it. I'm broke. I'm super broke. But that's okay. Because like, everything that's affecting the world right now affects me significantly less and um to some capacity you know uh you mean as long as you're at the park yeah right uh you know but it's also teaching me routine and uh better like water drinking habits so it's actually helping me become healthier so i mean i'm just taking it as it is as a blessing you know so. Well, I'd like to hear what Ariel thinks about um, what all the all this. Uh, what is it? We're on the fifty eighth day or something of the Pro Portland protests, and it's finally getting more peaceful. Yeah, well, because like all the feds left. <laughs> the, 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 Why the, did like, they even show up in the first place? It's ridiculous. Right. The, the ones who are there to like take down the violence create more. It it it, it it's like bringing a. Bringing a repairman to come to your house to just end up breaking what wasn't broken before. Yeah. <laughs> I watched this uh, television show. I think it was called All That with like Keenan and Kel. And then the guy came in. He called himself I Am Repairman, man, man, man. 
and then he ended up like breaking everything worse than it already was. Oh, he was there to repair. He was a repairman. Wow. Up, like like screwing it up more, like just knocking a hammer on things that that weren't, and, and he just made the situation much much worse. It was a hilarious game. Yeah, I think things must feel very, very different depending on where you are, you know, where you are in our country and what's happening in your specific area because our nation is so big. I mean, what must it feel like to be in Portland right now? I can't even imagine because I'm in East Texas. But I do know that um, about an hour away from me up in Tyler, some of our um, Democrats who were out, um, I don't know if it was just Democrats, but there was like, you know, mostly um, protesting uh, something that happened. I think they were doing, they were trying to join the Portland protest type of thing, you know, in solidarity over here. And um, some people showed up with guns and uh, they stole somebody's phone and beat him up. <laughs> and it just made me like, I was like, really? You know, that's, and the the police just kind of stood around watching and didn't do much about it. And so that really made uh, made people very angry. You know, uh, I actually had a very, well, they wouldn't tell me what they did because they told me they couldn't tell me. Uh, but uh, I have a friend that's like, yeah, no, I'm a secret police right now for the uh, the protest. They're not normally a police officer either. They're like, not at all. Right. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. They've done jobs like that, um, sort of. But I was just like, I asked him, like, have you ever uh, injured a protester? <laughs> like, you know, they're like, no, we only subdue uh, rioters, you know. I was like, what does a rioter mean to you? And so he showed me a video of, like, someone graffitiing really hateful speech on the road. Uh, and then uh, I couldn't quite tell what the other uh, pictures were, but it was just interesting that that was what was considered i mean i get it get stop the hate talk but yeah i don't know mm-hmm. um but they were like i can't tell you over the phone i'm like oh my god <laughs> what are you guys doing like i, I want to know more um well, anyway um uh, i gotta go i have to like uh have some repair stuff on my own uh, uh, computer well, it's about that time anyway we should just give our yeah. handles uh, all right well, this was a yeah. good show you know we almost didn't do a show today <clears throat> because uh people were late showing up jeremy couldn't come uh, no one was quite sure if there'd be, uh, you know, enough people, but I'm so glad we did. I'm so glad we got that recorded. This is the second time, or no, this is the second or third time we've had uh, Sherry on, but the second time she really talked about her, her, her uh, issues, I think. Yeah. She certainly went into more detail than, than the time she shared <laughs> the justice. show with Rich Ryal. She was a bad match for Rich Ryle. Like, that would have been a better, right. I would have happily seen Rich Ryle by himself. <laughs> I think that was just like a, a strange... Um, <clears throat> Just a coincidence yeah. of scheduling that those two got mashed together. Even, even though, like, Rich called her and him, like, right, uh, you know, kindred not... spirits and stuff. Right, gosh, so now I'm strange. having second thoughts. Like, why am I standing in the way of, uh, if, if she's like, I want to come, like, debate Rich Ryle on your show. Why am I saying no? <laughs> I'm being given a gift here, right? This is the content. Uh, so I think I've changed my mind. Anyway, that's but, uh, no. So okay. you want to give your handle? Uh, yeah, uh. Um, Ariel, and just say goodbye. Yeah, Ariel's underscore Armada on Twitter, Revolutionary Thingy on YouTube, and Ariel's underscore Ariel's on Instagram. Love you, buddy. Have a good one. Bye, Bye Ariel. Nice to talk to you. Bye, you guys. Who wants to say goodbye now?
Uh, I can go. Uh, right. My Great. Twitter handle is Tizdoney, T-I-S-D-O-N-E-Y. Come reach out to me if you have any movements you're working on that you want to coordinate um, efforts and uh, or maybe help me figure out um, the components that all work together in this giant machine we live in to uh, fix our country. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Faye Downey. Nice to talk to you, Faye. Uh, All right. I'm at Palestine Math. That's P-A-L-E-S-T-I-N-E-M-A-T-H. And um, that's where you can find me on Twitter. Shale, this is why we still need to have um, the occasional conversation where we don't have a guest, (laughs) where we have our regular people here. Yes, of course. We'll we'll keep doing that. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. It's a a good thing we've got, uh, you know. Sorry, I got got, uh, some... uh, Oh hey! From the server for a while. Look at it's like a the, Hi, the dessert. Angelo. A little Angel, you're like a little Andy's mint at the end of the meal here. We just about done. <laughs> I still want one now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Me too. Uh, do they make them anymore? I've seen them in, since the '80s. I feel like anyway. Angelo, <laughs> I was enjoying your um, I was enjoying your uh, you know that that Twitter um, that 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 one post that you made. Um, asking for everybody to talk about what's inspiring about uh, Andrew Yang again, just so that we can inspire him back for a minute. Oh, the Inspire Yang hashtag? The yeah. Inspire Yang hashtag. I was enjoying that. Oh, glad. Uh, but well, you said that, you know, life was, was hard for many of us now during coronavirus time. It was probably harder for Andrew Yang. I can't, I can't believe that you would think that when you've been going through all this stuff with your family over there with all the fires and everything. Um, I've talked to Andrew Yang directly in meetings and I've actually seen like, <sighs> seen him sort of lose a lot of that, uh, a lot of that passion. He's becoming more pessimistic and you got, have to remember he's in the public eye too. So no matter what he does, you know, he's going to be catching flack from some direction. I mean, this is my speculation, but if I were Yang, I'd be like, you're in a bind where you promised you would back the Democratic candidate. And it turns out he's just, it's heinous. You know, the Democratic candidate is Joe Biden. So he's now stuck fulfilling his promise, keeping his word, which is, you know, from a certain perspective, definitely the right thing to do from from a certain perspective. You know, it's not like a definitive right or wrong here, I think. Uh, but it fucking, it must crush him. It must be disheartening on the inside to to do that. And he must, I wonder if he regrets that, that statement saying, yeah, I'm just going to back whoever. Because I don't think that has really anything alive. to do with it. I don't know. If anything, I yeah. If anything, I would imagine he would be disheartened that uh, people are not going for Joe Biden, even though he's asking people to. <laughs> well, I, I don't know he's something he said that caught my attention is that you know no matter what we're doing or anything like that, Congress and our elected officials aren't listening, and they won't listen unless their jobs are at risk. That's why he his focus is entirely on making sure that we get um, at least three Yang Yang elected to office because that's the only way that they're actually going to listen to us. It doesn't matter how much we protest, how much we march, how much um, you know we talk to them. They right. really are just tuning us out. And I think you know it's Eric Biden Rose. may be included in that statement. He just you know obviously he didn't say that, but I'm extrapolating from what he said. So, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, had no, more interactions absolutely. with him. Yeah, I feel like, 
Yeah, so I, I also feel like... feel like another another thing might be in play here, which is that, you know, we all loved him as his, uh, you know, when he came out and he was running for office and revealed to us that he used to be, you know, this emo kid <laughs> with, with um, yeah. you know, into, and and I think that uh, he, he connects very deeply with people's suffering. And all of that suffering that's happening right now, you know, I believe is uh, bringing a lot of people down. And it's very difficult to... Uh, rise above that sometimes you just have off days where you know it's hard to um be that well, cheerful also, you person know, just for the press you know well you know there's also that saying it's lonely at the top i'm sure he's feeling the pressure of you know trying to get something positive out of 2020 and trying to help people because you know he's trying to get as many phone bankers as he can he's trying to get people to covid call so that he can get this relief out to people he's trying to do it all these things and, you know, he's, I'm sure, deeply disappointed that the country as a whole is not actually going in a positive direction. And, you know, like the rest of us, he's human. He's going to have, you know. He's probably stress. feeling like he was too late. That's probably what he's feeling. Mm, yeah. I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, damn, I was a little fucking late. But I, I mean, that's. That's what we got our team for, right? We're in other teams that are forming. We are picking up the slack where he needs to take a break, you know. Um, but yeah. he's got enough um, to help us if we just utilize it, you know, strategically. And yeah. certainly, and I, he's taking all. He's catching all of the criticism and, and at the top, as, as Angela was saying. Yeah. So I think he just needs a good morale boost, and I think the Yang Gang as a whole just needs a good strong morale boost to remind us, hey, this is what we're fighting for, and this is, you know, that good feeling that we've been having all of 2019 that, you know, was kind of crushed out of us by, you know, the demon year of 2020. Well, I've been hearing from some of the other Yang Gang, you know, in, like, uh, private conversations, that they are also enjoying that hashtag very much, Angelo. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing that. Yeah, I think it was a good thing to do. I really All hope right. we can get those three members of Congress in. I mean, I just want to say Erica Rhodes is like my number one. I just, if I'm going to go with my gut, I think she has the charisma to win a congressional race. And I mean, she she also has the the clarity of of purpose and statement. She's just such a gifted communicator, you know. So right. Um, with she's that, be one of the three, I think. I think who are the other? Who, I mean, like who are the other two that had the best chance? You think? Uh, no David one. Kim. Mm-hmm, yes, of course. Um. Marilyn Strickland is looking pretty uh, strong, too. I'm not very familiar with her. Um, well, we've got Blair. Blair's yeah. doing good. Can we have Marilyn Strickland on the, on the show, for one? Um, I can ask to get her on the show. Um, okay. Any exposure that she gets is obviously a positive. All right, now, tell um, me more about her. I don't even know what state she is from. Uh, Marilyn Strickland, uh, let me look, actually. We had her on the um, on last Sunday night's... Um, candidate highlight mm-hmm. i may just be able to link you that okay it's what were you saying Faye? did you need to say goodbye no actually i wanted to bring up something i yeah, have sure. a, a tabling booth twice uh once this month and uh one next month where um rich ryle <laughs> uh gave me a booth to do whatever the hell I want with. And I was thinking maybe we could talk about the podcast, some of these movements, other corruptions, other movements happening that like are working hard. Uh, you know, I, I have 
this freedom and he's bringing in politicians to talk their piece. And I wasn't sure if there was anyone from San Diego. I mean, David Kim is in L.A., which is not terribly far, but I don't think anyone's coming from L.A. to, you know, go to this event either. Um, Faye, um, we should totally virtually staff that booth with you. Just turn on the thing. (laughs) Ah, that'd be cool. Um, Yeah, it's like a cannabis, uh, cannabis event, too. So, like, that's cool. I might even be reading tarot cards for people if, yeah. Um, but uh, so if, if you guys have any ideas, we can talk about it in the chat, but like, um, I want to be able to do as much as I can with this little bit of power I've been given. Um, and you know, we're, we're looking for sponsors too of tables there. So like, I just got an idea this whole virtual, virtual staffing thing. Um, okay. Because I've been trying to think of different ways. I've been trying to think of ways to, you know, do politics during COVID-19. It's not very easy to do. So um, what if you gave them like little, um, if you made like slips of paper with uh, our, um, some some information of you guys- someone that they could talk to. I can't hear you well. <laughs> so I just keep talking. <laughs> but what if you had like little slips of paper where they could like go have to this. Uh, strategically. Like, yeah. Yeah, if you could give them like little slips of paper, like contact this person and learn about UBI, Fine. and uh, we could like yang them after you after they uh, you know after they leave, or if you just get their information, we could contact them I mean, later. You can get a lot of free business cards, I think. A lot of uh, people, well, not free, cheap business cards. Yeah, I was gonna say um, if we're gonna try and think tank, I think Zoom might be a better option just because everyone keeps cutting out. I like that idea. Yeah, we, can, we can end. Wonderfully. We can end the all right. Well, we'll, we'll kill this stream. It's been like two and a half hours. So this is a great show. Um. Uh, so, all right. Uh, anybody want to take us out, hi? Shale? And uh, sure. Angelo needs to Angelo, what's your Twitter? I don't think you gave your Twitter, Angelo. You can find me on Twitter at Hellion Hellfire. Thank you, Angelo. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at S H A E L R I L E Y. Thank you for joining us on the Yang Gang Roundtable. We will be back with more basic income advocacy tomorrow at four. Uh, Be good to each other, everybody. Stay safe. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you all.